1994 is smack dab in the middle of the Disney Renaissance, which people usually consider the time between The Little Mermaid and Tarzan. These films returned Disney to their musical roots and heightened the theatricality, aiming for more of a Broadway feel. While Beauty and the Beast is the award-winning jewel in 90s Disney's crown with its Best Picture nomination and Golden Globe win, 1994 features the most financially successful animated feature film of the time and the highest grossing movie in the world in 1994, and at the time of its release, the second highest grossing movie of all time behind Jurassic Park. In addition, according to numbers we found on the internet, this scrappy little film made over $1 billion in merchandising alone, all in 1994. At the time, Disney had little faith in the project and weren't willing to Hakuna Matata and let their A-team handle the project. Most of the animators wanted to work on Pocahontas instead, thinking it would be the more prestigious film. It was also a risk because this was a completely original story, though don't ask the creators of Kimba the White Lion about that. The original script read like a nature documentary, and most of the characters walked on four legs, which animators weren't used to drawing. With the help of visits by actual lions, a score by the Broadway legend Tim Rice and the legendary recording artist Elton John, a cast full of Broadway stars, and a digitally rendered wildebeest stampede, the B-team of Disney Animation brought the film together to throw Pocahontas out of her canoe as it took its place as ruler of Pride Rock and the Disney Renaissance, as well as the inspiration for one of Broadway's biggest hits and a remake from the director of Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> This week, we discuss The Lion King. Can you feel the love tonight? This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Mark, and what's a motto? I'm Chad, and <laughs> what's the motto with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we have fun here on the Best it's, Pictures podcast. No joke, that's the best joke in the Lion King. It's, it's truly a, it's a decent joke. It's it's a great joke. It's very good. So this is Best Pictures. The way this podcast podcast works is we look at every year we've been alive. We look at five movies for those years. We look at mine, Mark's, Chad's pick for the year. Then we look at Best Picture, and then we look at the Razzie Award for that year. This week, we're talking about my pick for 1994, but before we do that, Chad, yes. have you been to your local Megaplex recently? I went to my local Megaplex. I uh, was planning on meeting a friend there, and then I went to the wrong theater, so I rolled with it and just... Uh, Chad watched it alone uh but i watched the disaster artist and it was very good man it sounds like that whole uh evening was a disaster yeah <laughs> artist it was until that movie began because it's very good it's in my top five of the year mm-hmm. it made me laugh and cry um it made me connect to an insane scary creepy person uh james franco yeah james franco <laughs> um did you guys know zach efron is in this movie Yes, I heard that he's very the cast good. Is pretty in, the cast he's is also pretty the greatest awesome. showman. Hey, which hey, showman? I'll, I'll go see it. Greatest showman. Yeah, I'm glad he's back in musicals. Honestly, greatest showman though. <laughs> um, Zac Efron can really lip sync. You know who the greatest showman is? Is Dave Franco and the Disaster Artist? He's genuinely like 
to say it's Dave Franco's best role, I feel like isn't saying much, but it's Dave um, Franco's best role. Um, Neighbors 2, though, Chad. He's very okay, good well, I haven't movie. seen Neighbors 2. So. I also just want to recall 21 Jump Street. The, very good the ninth season of Scrubs, he was very good in. <laughs> um, but no, for real, he like was very human, very real. I liked I liked Dave Franco. I connected to Dave Franco, and he's a handsome boy. I never connected to the handsome boy. Yeah. Well, Chad, I think you're a handsome boy. Thank you. So, Chad had the for people who don't know, uh, yeah. the Disaster Artist is based on the making of The Room, which is right. a cult, like the worst movie ever made. Yeah, I like real arson in it though. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, different room. Um, w- had you seen The Room before you went to go see the, the so, Disaster Artist? I had not. Um, I was planning on seeing it the night before, but it got sold out. And then I found out later that Tommy Wiseau was actually at that screening, and I was really <laughs> pissed off oh, uh, shit. that I didn't get in. Uh, but my friend Brandon, who I also was supposed to see the disaster artist with, he was in line and he saw Tommy walk past him, and so uh, I didn't. I didn't get to. Our, our plans fell through two n- nights in a row, and it was really upsetting. <laughs> well, well, how did that affect? Like, were you? You appreciated the movie fine without having oh, yeah. seen the room. I've I've been familiar with the movie, like I've understood like what it is, and I think if you just like know, oh, it's about the making of the worst movie ever, you're fine. Uh, okay. It might benefit to watch like a compilation, which I had seen before, of like the worst of the room. Um, yeah. you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Uh, if you've seen that scene beforehand, you're probably good. Yeah, I haven't seen The Room. I also haven't seen The Disaster Artist, but I don't really plan on watching The Room before The Disaster Artist uh, just because I don't know how I would be able to get a copy of it. Right. But my name is Mark, and enough people have quoted, oh, hi, Mark, at me. Uh, that I think I've seen The Room. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that tracks. That and, tracks. like, I was wanting to see it beforehand. Uh, my wife, Laura, was not planning on seeing it because she thinks that sounds like a very not fun time um, to watch a bad movie but after watching the disaster artist we now really really want to watch the movie um so it like made you want to watch it after so that might be a good way to do it is disaster artist first room second yeah Yeah. i think that's actually a kind of a fun way to do it yeah um i'll I'll try it out and uh next time on the podcast i'll let you know how it is i mean i watched ed wood and i haven't seen whatever any movie. Ed, mov- that, that Ed Wood movies I have seen an Ed Wood movie thank oh you you've much. told us about it before it was the uh, it is pornography guys plan nine from outer space is the one you're thinking of thank Mark. you guys should we address the elephant in the room that this uh podcast no is hey being... Lion King is later <laughs> elephants guys elephants <laughs> This uh, podcast is being released like two weeks after Star Wars, but we had yeah. to record it because we wanted to spend time with our family over the holiday. Um, so we have not seen Star Wars. We're literally like three mm-hmm. days away from seeing Star Wars. I can't and it's all wait. really we can think about, but we haven't seen it. So we can't tell you if we think it's good or not. Right. So we, yeah. So it's just, taking, just all of my, taking all of my willpower to just Google how big is Snoke? Because <laughs> um, I need right. to know, guys. Right? How small is Ray? Is she tall? Maybe I, Ray's I tall. Wait, we've seen her uh, compared to like Han Solo. Those yeah, but are, have we seen Jedi Han Netflix. Solo? Uh, have we seen Han Solo compared to me? You know, maybe yeah. they're all giants. Maybe they're all small. Maybe How do we tiny. know, Chad? Maybe they're on a little little dust speck. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. A dust speck inside of Whoville. Exactly. A dust speck yeah. inside of a dust speck. Who knows? Man, yeah. <laughs> 
What if this is all a prequel to Horton Hears a Who? Yeah. Be weird. I'd love it, though. What if it's in what the if, Ron uh, Howard Grinchiverse? Um, Ron Howard, huh? Huh? Um, Star Wars. Huh? That's that's the <laughs> entire joke I constructed there. <laughs> Just, huh. um, they announced episode nine's name, though. Um, I, I've heard Wait, this myself. They? It's not being announced until... Right, right, right. Oh, okay. Until after episode You're like a, a Hollywood insider. You yeah, yeah. It's called yeah, Star Wars Episode 9, Susicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought was, it was a weird I was direction in a production of Susicle. So was in, I. Who'd in you my play? community theater. I was one of the Butter Side Up cadets. Oh, you were uh, just one of them? I yeah. was the mayor in the B cast. Oh, cool. I had a good time. I wore like a army uniform and we said, Schmitz, Schmitz, Schmitz. And it. I was um, nervous that I was going to accidentally say shit in front of everybody because I was a good boy. And now I say shit on the podcast. There's so. a there's a part in Susical where the mayor's family just chants, we are here. And we were supposed to hold up signs that said, we are here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one night we got the, uh, the signs mi- mixed up and it just said, are we here? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> a very really kind of lost the crowd there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark, what movie have you seen recently? Um, recently, I saw The Breadwinner. That's not um, the question I'm asking. Uh, you, we practiced the answers beforehand. <laughs> You're supposed to answer something different. Hey, word. Mark, how was The Breadwinner? I'm curious. Uh, it was great, Chad. I genuinely forgot what I was supposed You're to say. You're supposed Cody. to talk about three billboards. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about The Breadwinner. Okay, talk um, about The Breadwinner. Go for the it. The Breadwinner is this uh, animated movie set in... Uh, Taliban controlled Afghanistan and it's about like the the core conflict in it is that girls aren't allowed to go out without their fathers uh and in this family you're like girls aren't allowed to go out unescorted and in this mm. family the father has been arrested so they have they have no way of going outside because mm. they can't go outside alone so the main character like cuts her hair and pretends to be a boy in order to like make money for her family um, and it's it's like really great, and also like it's about the fact that the Middle East is fucked up, just because they're constantly in conflict. Like hmm. the beginning of the movie is like the dad giving the history of of Afghanistan and being like, we're in this area where empires like the just where we are in the world is where empires fight, and we have always been fought around, and conflict is our life. And, like, it is just, like, a really good depiction of that and also about how, like, family and stories go through the ages. It's really good, guys. Uh, I, I want to see a it. Bit. I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, okay. Well, adding that to my list. It's very good. Um, Cody, uh, yep. do you want to talk you. about three billboards or do you want to talk about Lady Bird? I do not really want to talk about three billboards. But like Mark I and I talked like about Lady Bird a couple of podcasts ago and you were left out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you okay. Talk about Lady Bird. It's fine. I'll, I'll just do it quick. Lady Bird is my new favorite movie of the year. It has everything Cody wants in movies, jokes, musical theater, Dave Matthews, <laughs> Alanis Morissette jokes. Period. A leading coming of age female. Yes. Um, relationships with family Guys, like that hit you in all the feels. Lucas Hedges in that movie. He's very good. He gave me. Is he the first boyfriend? He's the first. Yes. Spoilers. There's more than let's one not boyfriend. Spoil, yeah, let's not spoil. But what he gives me the feels in his big scene that we all know what I'm talking about when I say mm-hmm. his big scene. 
I just like that was pretty emotional and I cried. He is all of the supporting cast in that movie is fantastic. I think I've told somebody that this is going to be a movie we look back on and are like every famous person now came from this movie. Right. Like it's going to be one where every supporting cast member is like uh, for the kids are going to be like the stars of tomorrow. You know, um, like Timothy Chalamet, is that how you say his name? He just plays a random like one-off character and he's probably going to like, he's definitely going to be nominated for best actor this year for Call Me By Your Name. Right. We're looking at like Marvel Cinematic Universe phase six right now. uh, Truly. Truly, I think we are. Um, Quick three billboards thoughts. I don't like it that much. Chad and Mark like it okay. uh, Cody, out of three billboards, how many billboards do you give it? One. Just okay. one billboard? <laughs> okay, out of five stars, what do you give it? Uh, I think I give it like a three and a half or something. I don't know. The acting's good. There's good parts, yeah. but I think tonally Francis it's all Norman over the place. and Sam Rockwell are five stars. The movie is three stars. Average is out to four stars on my letterbox. <laughs> Cody, yeah, if it you just... had to... I was going to ask if you have to give that movie a review that stretches across three billboards, what would it say? It would say, acting's good on the first billboard. <laughs> The second okay. billboard. I'm tracking. Tone is weird. Okay. <laughs> How come? Third. <laughs> <laughs> no, third Third billboard just says Abby Cornish? Question mark. <laughs> How come Abby? Yeah, How come Abby? How come Abby? <laughs> I'm sure she's great in other things, but God, that's a weird role, role and weird performance. Her. It's odd. She that, says that's... the word cock way too much in this movie. Yeah, she has it's an like Australian it's like and it's like ten years old, younger than her husband. Yeah, never. Yeah, addressed. she says cock too much. It's like Louis C.K.'s apology letter. Um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yikes. Um, I it's dissing you, on. It's 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 dissing on him. It's okay. Um, yeah. so I don't know. It's just kind of tonally all over the place, and like it's not like I understand like it's supposed to find humor in dark things like I like in Bruges um in Bruges sorry um I like things that mix the two kind of elements this one that wasn't the issue it just like tonally wasn't sure what it wanted to be sometimes I think I don't know that dentist scene though is like it's one very of my good. favorite scenes of I was in the bathroom during that scene no! there the point and when I came back and someone was like uh Something, something, something. I was like, oh, what the fuck? I missed that? It yeah, was I like think... literally one of my favorite like scenes in a, in any movie in 2017. Top three. I, I enjoy the Frances McDormand, Woody Harrelson, like she realizes he's sick scene. I think that's the her best performance. That's very in good. The movie. Uh, I think my favorite scene of hers was when she was talking to the priest mm-hmm. and she was like giving mm-hmm. an excuse for why she doesn't have to listen to him. And I was like, I don't yeah. know if this is good logic. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm if I'm supposed to think this is good logic. Yeah, I don't think that we are. I, I don't think know. We're just supposed like, to be charmed by Francis in the scene. Uh, yeah, it, it like it really set the line of like this is what she believes, and you can kind of decide whether or not you're on her side, but you probably shouldn't be. It also has Samira Weaving. Is that her last name? Samira. Yes. Does I'm she play Penelope? I think is her name. Penelope, yeah. She yeah. plays Frances McDormand's ex-husband's new 19-year-old girlfriend. She's it's, the best part the, of the movie. It's She's the babysitter so from The Babysitter. Exactly. Her name is... Again, 
Again, we're talking about a McG movie in this podcast. (laughs) It's very good. Samara Weaving is her name, and she is hysterical. Like, was cracking up at those scenes. She's incredible. I want to see her in, like, more comedic roles. Yeah, she she's one to watch. She's truly, so um, Chad, okay. Have you seen the Babysitter yet? No, I need to. Why Chad are you doesn't watch movies? I don't know what. I don't Chad watch does. movies on Netflix. I go to, I go to the theater to watch them. I'm weird. You can watch movies all the time. I watched two movies yeah, today, but like I haven't watched like all my shows that I'm trying to watch, and I'm behind and. I don't know. I'm doing too many things. Doing too many it's things. Tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough, tough, but it's so hard. There's too much media. It's all so hard to watch media. all of it. Our lives are hard. Um, do you want to? Do you guys want to talk about the movie now? What movie? I, We've yeah, been talking about Three Billboards <laughs> for a while. That's what the podcast. Let Let's talk about like. my pick for best film of 1994. It is the most motion picture, Lion King. The Lion King. Have you boys seen this movie before? Never had I ever heard of this movie until you suggested we watch it for the podcast. No. Obviously, I was. it was the movie you'd ask, Mommy, can you put Lion King in again so I can watch it for the third time today? Obviously, yeah. It's the, it's the movie. What We've all you, seen Mark? it a million times. Yeah. This is one of those movies that I couldn't tell you when the first time I watched this movie was because it's like always been a part of my life like yep. mm-hmm. literally when i was born everybody had already seen this movie yes yep, yep. <laughs> yep. this is where mark being a baby comes into play yep, yep. i it, this was the one for me that like you know people latch on to movies as kids as the ones they rewatch and rewatch like mm-hmm. my little sister it was the high school musical trilogy like would just watch those all the time um Good my fiance- that's too bad no, they're good no, movies. No, those movies are better than you expect. Yeah, they're I mean, not, good. Okay, the let me say trilogy? this. The first one's okay, and the third one's okay. The second one, yee. Let no, me say they're this. All, they're all the first, pinnacles of cinema. The first well, one is well. fun and nostalgic. Mm-hmm. In, sure. and the end third, of story. The third is a masterpiece. <laughs> I haven't um, seen the third one. <laughs> I like I mean, the last, good, the finale song where they sing, high school musical. They sing the title of the trilogy. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then school musical. musical um and then like for my fiance hers is like little mermaid was was this that movie for you guys it was for me like this was the movie i straight up like i no joke had probably seen this movie 600 times no ser- i wasn't exaggerating like i would say yeah. mom put in lion king rewind the tape and i want to yep. watch lion king again because i just finished it i want to see the beginning again <laughs> I truly have seen this movie more than I've seen any other movie ever. That's probably Um, true for me, too. That's not the case for me. I had other movies that I watched on repeat. Which Uh, were? um, So my family growing up, I've said this before, not a huge movie family, but we had like movie nights and we owned maybe like, in my memory, it was like we had like four VHSs that we could watch. And Mm -hmm. it was that thing you do. That's a very good movie. It, it, that thing you do is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in 1997. Yee, six, so at some point. It is so fun. Uh, that thing you do, George of the Jungle, Tarzan, and... Oof, oof. Uh, George of the Jungle 2. I want to say the live action Jungle Jungle movie. 2 Jungle. Just keeping Jungle movies. <laughs> no, I, I no kidding think it was a live action Jungle book. Jesus. Um. So I watched uh, That Thing You Do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I basically have that movie memorized. Mark tries to argue Tarzan is the best Disney movie, and it's led to uh, lots of fights. It 
is the pinnacle and the finale of the Disney Renaissance. Yeah, it killed us. <laughs> second, second highest grossing of the Disney Renaissance. Really? Yeah. It's very Are you good. counting Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid within those? Uh, I was on Wikipedia today, and I'm pretty sure that's what it's in. That's insane. I So my beef with Tarzan is I love the Broadway-ness of the Disney Renaissance movies, and that one doesn't. That one just See, plays See, I love the Phil Collins of the Tarzan movie. I like Phil Collins. I. I just would rather have more performative things. Yeah, I mean, Tarzan does... It doesn't have, like, characters don't sing songs in that movie. Like, yeah, just the trashing the camp. Is trashing the and camp. there's and the like, lullaby. There's the... There is one line of You'll Be My Heart is yes. sung by yeah. the actress, and the rest is Phil Collins hopping yep. in. Which is yep. fine like, with me, because I love Phil which Collins. Which is fine, because it's so good. Um. Okay, so <laughs> do we want to... <laughs> hey, hey, the hangover call, Chad. They want their good reference back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Hangover is the only thing that's ever referenced uh, that song. Yeah, that drum solo is not iconic in in the music. Yeah, world. yeah, but as soon as that movie came out, everybody who had seen it like that was like, "Hey, uh, you know what my favorite song is? Uh, can you feel it in the air tonight?" So, remember when yeah, Mike Tyson goes? That's pretty part. funny. It's a good That's part of funny. that movie. I like the I, tiger. I like the tiger best. <laughs> I like the song he sings about the tiger. Yeah. Okay, Tarzan, Tarzan is the third gonna find the best friend, Doug, and then we're gonna care. What? Hey, best friend, hey, hey, Chad. I don't like the Hangover that much. I'm, I feel <laughs> Chad, like I'm coming out. across as like Mark, a Hangover fan. Mark, what were you trying to say? Tarzan was third highest. What was Tarzan is the third highest after Aladdin. Okay, that makes sense. King. Oh, Aladdin's okay. so good. Why aren't we talking about Aladdin on the podcast? Because it didn't come out in 1994. Let's get 92. into it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were just not allowed to talk about it. Um, so, Lion King. <clears throat> Simba, the son of Mufasa and Sarabi, is the heir to the Pride Rock throne. His uncle, Scar, is a real bad dude who wants to take over the throne. His name is not really Scar. Did you guys know this? He has a real what? name. I forgot to look it up, but he has is a that, name. It's not in the movie, so, so no, he doesn't. Lion King 2? I think they talk about or it Or is it Lion King, King 1 and a half? I'm not sure. But or he is has. It Lion King um, Lion's Guard? Guard. Lion Guard. Um, yes. Um, I don't know where they reveal it, but like, I always was like, you know, they named. Did he have the Scar from birth? Why did they name him Scar? But Scar like, is not his name. It, what kind of person do you expect him to grow into <laughs> if you name him Scar was always my thought. But Well, apparently his real name, so they all have like Swahili names, right? Um, yeah. And apparently whatever Scar's true name is translates to garbage in Swahili. Oh, so shit. like he was kind of like doomed from the get-go. Um, hey, Jeremy Irons, it's, a uh, Scar? Taka, Pretty good, huh? Taka. Yeah, Taka, Taka is his name, which means garbage. Um, Taco would be a better name. They named him nope. Taco. He would have turned out okay. Um, Jeremy Irons is Scar. Pretty good, huh? He's a very good bad guy. He's, he's right. so good. He's very good. And no, then he's, Mufasa, he's Mufasa, James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, I we mean, have a good voice cast. Yeah, it's a great this, voice cast. This voice cast is stacked down to the hyenas. Yeah, like it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's Cheech, right? It's yeah. Cheech, Whoopi, Whoopi and Goldberg. someone that doesn't talk. It's Jim Cummings, who is a very famous uh, voice over person. He's uh, the original 
Optimus Prime, maybe? I don't know. He does Eeyore huh. is what he's known for. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a good cast. Um, Matthew Broderick, obviously, as Simba. Found out today, because Mark does our research, that the singing voice of Simba, which I don't know why they didn't get Matthew Broderick to do yeah, it because he did either. Broadway. He has a Tony Award. Yeah, who knows? Two, but this sorry. The singing voice was the lead singer of Toto, which is like Ooh. pretty crazy. And here's another I didn't know fact. it wasn't Matthew Broderick. It's yeah. Lead singer of Toto is John Williams' son. Whoa, what? Yeah. His dad that's, is John Williams of being John Williams. Okay, that's pretty buck wild. And it's also, I mean, I want to be in that Disney like board meeting where they're like, shit, we got a cast. We got to cast the singing voice of Simba. Okay. It takes place in Africa. The (laughs) rains fall down in Africa. Toto. Let's get the guy from Toto. It's a very good joke, Cody. Good job. Um, Yeah, you know. Anyway, so Scar, you know, being a real douche, he tricks Simba and Nala, who is Simba's best friend and betrothed, and Zazu, who is basically Mufasa's butler, he tricks them all to go visit an elephant graveyard, which Simba has been, like, warned against and, like, told not to go to. Um, Scar's henchmen, which are some hyenas, um, are going to try and kill Zazu, Nala, and Simba, but Simba and well, Nala are... S- they were really just going to kill Simba, and Simba brought Zazu and Nala with him. Good point. Um, Simba and Nala are saved by Mufasa. He pops mm-hmm. up, and he's like, yo, get the fuck out. Um, and, and then Mufa- you just like skipped right over the best musical number in the movie. Yep. yep. Just you didn't even uh, mention it. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought we would jump around a lot because uh, there's lots of plot things. It starts off with the circle of life, which is incredible. Which well, is oh, that so is amazing. Good. But I was referring to I just can't wait to be king, which is which just, is so much better. Much. Better. I just can't wait Such to be good, king. I can't is, wait to see that in the live action remake. I just can't wait to be king because like I okay, love the way it's animated in in this one all the colors are awesome yeah all the animated sequences in this are like kind of surreal mm-hmm. and like yeah. the lighting the lighting scheme changes and like mm-hmm. the animals are like on top of each other in a way that like isn't physically possible any by right. any means right um, um, and it's it's so great and like out of out of place in the world of the lion king i mm-hmm. also moved past be prepared like so there's three musical no, numbers Oh, okay, anyway. So it starts off with Circle of Life, which everybody knows. is that gorgeous scene. Did you guys know that the first trailer they released was just that scene? Like, that's they just pretty, released Circle of that's Life. That's pretty ballsy and, and amazing. And when, um, they, when they did that, they didn't have the rest of the movie finished yet, and the directors were like, ah, oh, shit, what have we done? <laughs> right. <laughs> the well, rest is not going to look this they good. like They got concerned that they couldn't live up to the hype. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which Here's they the did. Thing. I'll, I'll give them that. They did. For the live action remake, they truly should just do the same thing again and just release Circle of Life as the teaser trailer. They showed it, what, at like the D23 Expo? And yeah. it mm-hmm. got like amazing response. People like, lost their minds yeah. and were like sobbing. They were like, it's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Which like, a lot of pressure for me, who's yeah, been like obsessed with Lion King forever. For you to see something that's like recreating the Circle of Life sequence and to think it's more beautiful than the Circle of Life sequence is impressive. It's pretty buck wild. I yeah. mean, if they, if they literally just made the Circle of Life sequence shot for shot, but live action with actual animals, 
like it would be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen to begin. Yeah, with. exactly. <laughs> Circle I, of Life I, rules. I hope they do that. I hope it, that like if they made all of the movie shot for shot, I'd be so cool with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to do the whole movie shot for shot. I do think they're going to do Circle of Life shot for shot. I don't know shot for shot, but I think that they will do Close. a lot of a lot of shots. They're definitely going to probably add a subplot into the movie, which we'll talk about later. Um. So where we're at in the plot, um, Mufasa just saved Simba and Nala. Mufasa scolds Simba, and it's God, it's a amazing scene. Mm-hmm. He's like teaching Simba a lesson about putting others in danger, and then he teaches Simba about his ancestors. They're out in this field; it's dark. You see, like the stars are gorgeous, and the mm-hmm. like beautiful score plays in the background. And, and he's talking about how the stars are the like the ancestors and the former king is looking down on him. And he's basically like, someday I will leave you, but I'll always be with you. Like, come on. Like, it's, it's an amazing scene. Very touching. And, and there's a beautiful moment that I love where, you know, Simba is talking to Mufasa and he's like, you know what? I, I mean, I did it i had no fear you know i thought kings weren't supposed to have fear and Mm -hmm. mufasa is like i was terrified today because i was scared of losing you like it's just god it's good i love how this scene goes from like the stern dad you deliberately disobeyed me to like are we gonna be pals forever and mufasa's like yeah like they just like get along and they wrestle and they play by the end of the scene just like where it goes from like stern dad to fun dad Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think um, James Joel Jones Jones as Mufasa is like genius casting. Okay, guys, let let's hash it out here since you just brought that up, Mark. What is James Earl Jones' more iconic role, Mufasa or Darth Vader? I mean, yeah, probably <laughs> Darth Vader, but like probably Darth both Vader, iconic AF. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he got, he's the only returning cast member for the remake because they yeah. were like, Ugh, can't do it. Well, Which, I to think be fair, he was also the only returning <laughs> cast member for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. True. Uh, so true. he could come no, and he wasn't. Say, no! Palpatine. What? Palpatine. And also Frank oh, Oz, right. but Frank you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. Okay, so I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. you're wrong. We'll just edit that part out. Um, nah, we'll what was I going to say? Oh, I think another reason that he's the only returning cast member is because it's an all African-American cast. Yeah, which I think is very smart and very well. Not all African-American cast. All the Lions are all African-American. Because That's true. That's Billy true. Eichner and Seth Rogen are in it. Right. Yeah. And Eric um, Andre is like, um, he's half he's Jewish. One of, he's yeah, one of the... He's a hyena. Hyenas, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I hope he's like the Eddie-esque... I, I think know. probably Surely will be. He would be. Yeah. Um, and then Zazu's John Oliver. God, that movie's going to be amazing. It's going to be so good. So that the casting for the new movie is the most perfect <laughs> thing ever. Like watch, rewatching it, I was just picturing Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen and just, I yeah. think I shed a tear just thinking about how perfect that is. So but the reason why is because this movie's so good. So, um, sure. Scar- so, that, so they're playing Timon and Pumbaa who, I'm just going to jump to their casting in the original right now is Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella Mm -hmm. who at the time were on Broadway together in guys and dolls. Interesting. So, um, Nathan Lane originally came in to audition for Zazu, I think. 
That makes um, sense. And then they were like, why don't... And then he ran into Ernie Sabella there, and they were like, why don't you guys both audition for uh, Hyenas? And then they were Weird. like, no, nah, because we want Cheech and Chong to be Hyenas. So yeah. they put him as Timon and Pumbaa, and then Chong couldn't do it, so they got Whoopi instead of Chong. God. Hmm. Interesting. But like, I think the cast for this movie is also incredible. So it's it's pretty insane how the new one is also just as impressive. Yeah, it yeah, seems they, they, better than the new yeah. cast, but well, like, I think, the first I think cast pa- is so good. I think part of that is the cast that is coming up is like people that we know because we grew up with them. That's mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. As opposed yeah. to like, I don't give that much of a fuck about Nathan Lane because I wasn't alive in his heyday. But and also he's like mostly a Broadway guy. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, he's been and, in a lot of, and so movies, is a, so. a lot of this cast. Yeah, which is smart. Like Disney, Disney went away from that for a while, where they were like, uh, "Let's just hire new people to sing, and we won't have the actors sing." But now they're back to, "Oh, we're gonna cast Idina Menzel so she mm-hmm. sings and acts in Frozen." You know, like they're back to like casting people and, who and actually Olaf's sing. Frozen Adventure. Indeed. Um, okay, so Scar tricks Simba once again, uh, leading Simba to believe he is supposed to meet Mufasa in a basin, like a valley. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, this, like a this canyon th- kind of thing. Yeah, canyon yeah. thing. Um, the hyenas cause a stampede of antelope. Um, what will the beast? Wildebeest, that's right, to come through and it puts Simba in danger. Mufasa saves Simba, um, puts him like on a little rock thing, and then Mufasa tries to jump to safety, but guess who's up there? It's Scar, and he's like, mm, fuck you, bro, and throws him off and kills him in what remains to be the most devastating scene in a children's film to me because Mufasa's dead. He's been killed right. by Wildebeest. And um, well, the, the devastating thing is Simba interacting with Mufasa's body. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. curls up underneath him and just like lays. Well, before then, he's like, can anybody help me? Anyone? Mm-hmm. And he's just crying out to no one. And then mm-hmm. he crawls under Mufasa's body and just lays there. And I have seen this movie, like I said, probably 600 times. Cried again at this point. Just mm-hmm. because of what Simba does. Also, um, Simba at this point, like Simba doesn't see Scar kill his dad. Simba correct. completely blames himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then Scar manipulates him even more into blaming himself. And tells him to like run away and never come back, then sends his hyena to kill him. Right. <laughs> Scar's a real dick, y'all. Yeah, Scar's the bad guy in this movie, in case you can't tell. <laughs> in case you haven't known. Um, so Simba does run away, and he's adopted by Timon um, and Pumbaa. They teach him about Hakuna Matata, which means... It's a wonderful, wonderful phrase. phrase. <laughs> um, Mark and I they, had the same joke. <laughs> so they teach him about that and their lifestyle. Um, he stays with them for many years. We have, like, the Hakuna Matata song is also a passage of time. Like, you watch mm-hmm. him grow up in a pretty cool scene where the music is just playing. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, walking it's along a, on a log and, the like, head bobbing their heads. Segment. Second yeah. that I really love. <laughs> and then he just like, you see him age up. Um, God, it's so good. He stays with him for many years until Nala, who is searching for food because things have gone terrible in the Pride Lands, uh, happens upon where Timon and Pumbaa and Simba are. Nala tries to convince Simba to come back, but he's hesitant despite can you feel the love tonight playing? You would think mm-hmm. he would just fall for it once that starts playing. And that <laughs> look Nala gives Simba was... A sexual awakening for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not, not even kidding. Halfway through that song, Nala goes, Nala goes, 
and it just uh, awakens something within. Yeah, it's a podcast, um, but if we you're just listening, just imagine that look that was mildly you guys sexy. Know. You guys know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they have like a, a a love montage here. Like it's uh, it's good stuff. So then Simba's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hakuna Matata, right? No worries. I shouldn't care about anything. Um, and he's doing some soul searching. And Rafiki, who is kind of like, what? what is, like, what does Rafiki do? He just kind of is like. He's a very he's, spiritual monkey. He's like the spiritual leader. He's, he's in touch with the uh, spirits. He's, he's the witch doctor. Yeah. Basically. It, and so, like, he has sort of prophecy powers. I don't know. It's kind of vague on that. So but, like, he. Simba goes off after talking to Timon and Pumbaa about the stars, and he lays down on the sex flowers. And then the sex flowers. Right. I'm glad fly you derailed us to, to bring this up for a thing that's not the... even true. Um, well, yeah. So, what, what Chad is referring to is there's, like, supposedly sex written in the stars, right? Right. It's, and it's, it's actually the, SFX. The dust that, like, flies away when he. Like lays down on the cliffside, supposedly yes. spells it, sex, but it's just SFX. Yes, because the special effects team did it. Um. So anyway, he goes to meet Rafiki, who has like the wind told him Simba was back. Um, mm-hmm. and th- this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, truly, because he's soul searching, and Rafiki teaches him a lesson about. So basically, what happens is, uh. Simba is like, it doesn't matter. It's all in the past. And so then Rafiki hits him with a stick and Simba is like, <laughs> why did you do that? And Rafiki is like, well, it doesn't matter. It was in the past. And Simba is like, yes, but it still hurts. And Rafiki is like, gotcha, dude. Think about <laughs> it. <laughs> Think about no, it. It truly is something scene. that like I do every time that hits, I'm like, Oh yeah, like the idea of the past, you can't forget about the past. The past mm-hmm. will still affect you, but you just have to like keep moving. I don't know, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Simba also has like a, um, he kind of talks to Mufasa in the sky and Mufasa is like, return to your homeland, you know, kind of like inspires him and he's like, you have forgotten me basically. Remember. Um, Exact. Oh God! Isn't it gorgeous? Isn't that like art truly so, gorgeous? It is mm-hmm. so good. And, and that's again, where, like, this is a sequence I can't wait to see in the live action movie. Cody and I have oh, talked man. a lot about how I'm frustrated that they're remaking this movie because we don't need it. But upon and this I rewatch, upon this rewatch, I was like, oh, that's gonna be really cool live action. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be even cooler live action. Uh, Can you feel the love tonight? Live action is going to be ridiculous. Which one? Can you feel the love tonight? Oh, yeah. Mm, Do we think we're actually going to see, like, lion penetration? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. I do not think that. Um, Okay, (laughs) so... I hope we do. I think that'd be, like, groundbreaking (laughs) for cinema. We've never seen lion penetration captured on camera. I don't think you could ever find that footage. So Simba goes back to the pride... Go when ahead, I was in high school, I went on. Saf- I went to took a trip to Africa, and I went on safari, and I saw some lions fucking. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> did you did Great. you capture it on film? <laughs> I can send it to you, Chad. Wait, you you did capture it on film? Yeah, I oh, have. Then, I have a sn- I have a snuff been, film of lions fucking. It's been done. Like John Favreau should probably leave it alone. 
Okay, so Simba decides to return to the Pride Lands in another one of the gorgeous scenes of the movie. He's like running back and then it's like overlaid with his feet running. I don't, this scene always kills me. I always just think it's, it's so beautiful. gorgeous. Because yeah. it has the score in the background. It's just the like, ba, ba, da, da. <laughs> I can't do it. Hans wait, Zimmer do, did do the score to this movie. Yeah, hey, hot take. This is one of the best film scores of all time, legitimately. I'm talking about the score. I love the soundtrack, obviously, mm-hmm. but the, people can find plenty of arguments with that, whatever. The score is truly incredible. It's very You know, good. they never released they never like released a recording of the score until the 20th anniversary. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I just the the music that plays when he's running the like Mufasa theme that yeah. goes throughout it plays that plays shit. when he's like talking about the stars and then like yes. swells when he appears in the stars like so good uh, it's so good so I think this is one of Hans Zimmer's like first scores as well which is crazy because he's Hans Zimmer now <laughs> well, but he did, like he did Rain wild. Man right um oh you know what he did do Rain Man he did do Rain Man yeah. um man so, fuck Rain Man. <laughs> Cody and I like it. Um, So with the help of Nala, Timon, and Pumbaa, Simba takes back the Pride Lands. Uh, We get to see Timon and Pumbaa dress in drag and do the hula. Ooh. It's a very good It's such a good scene. Did you guys know that scene was, or that line was improvised? Like (laughs) Nathan. Drag and do the hula? (laughs) Yes. They were like, hey, Nathan Lane, just say something here. Like, uh, we're just going to say like, hey, uh, we need you to be a distraction. Just come up with a line. And then Nathan Lane was like, what, do you want me to dress in drag and do the hula and then they animated that scene <laughs> like so isn't that incredible um i love nathan lane nathan lane is a, is a treasure there's also a great scene during this when like um timon and pumbaa are running away from the hyenas and they run into where zazu has been being kept prisoner and zazu thinks timon is gonna rescue him and timon just gets in the cage with him like, yeah it's so he's like let me, in, let me let me let me out and then timon's like let me let me in let me in and then it's, that's when we get that's when we get the hyenas turning to Pumbaa and they're like, who's this pig? And they're like, you talking to me? You just, <laughs> I am Mr. Pig. Me. <laughs> Mr. Pig. It's, God, this movie's so good. Um, anyway, Simba takes back the Pride Lands. There's this whole thing where him and Mufasa like are fighting in front of the lionesses. Uh, Sarabi is nope, there. Him and Scar. Yeah. And Scar Scarfight, not Mufasa. Yeah, that's what I meant. Him and Scarfight. Um but but for a second everybody is like, Oh shit, Mufasa's back and then they're like, Wait, it's just somebody sense. who grew up. Um so well, but they all thought he was dead. So they were all very surprised. Yeah, they thought Simba was dead too, that's right. Um and so Sarabi is like, Yo, what's up? Um and Nala's like, Yo, I got him back. And so they're in front of all the lionesses and stuff and uh, Scar is like, tell him the truth. And Simba's like, it's my, like, I killed Mufasa, which is a bit like wonky because he didn't, even if Simba believed it, he didn't kill Mufasa. He right. still feels guilty and like Scar definitely was making him feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Right. But my thing is like, why doesn't he say like, it's my fault Mufasa died. You know, it's a much different well, thing than killing. So he he well, he he does say it's my fault Mufasa died, and then Scar's like, "You're a murderer," and he's like, "Whoa, dude, let's not. It's I'm not a murderer. It's just my fault." You're right. You're right. And then they fight a little bit, and then they um, 
Mufa or Sim Scar gets um, Simba in a similar position that Mufasa was, and he's about to throw him off. And um, and Scar makes the fatal mistake of saying, "I'm the one that killed your dad." And then, so he jumps up, and I don't. I noticed it this time, and I've noticed this a few times before, but. Simba uses a move that Nala had used on him throughout the movie. Like there's this weird like pounce thing where she like, they do kind of like the pounce at each other, but then she like knows how to pin him. Simba now uses that against Scar to pin him. Um, And then he's like, tell everybody what you did. Um, And Scar's like, yo, I killed Mufasa. And everybody's like, what the Wait, your name is Scar. Why didn't we put this together? <laughs> You're the bad guy. Um, and so, so obviously the bad guy. <laughs> Just aesthetically, you're the bad guy. Right. And the whole time, Scar had been promising the hyenas, like, oh, you're going to live like kings and that sort of thing, and everything had gone shitty. And um, Yeah, where uh, did Scar go wrong exactly? Because like, everyone ran out of food. I think that they just like went... He, like, let the hyenas eat everything. Yeah. Instead of, okay. like, living, like, in the circle of life where you eat things but not everything and you let things live. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Scar, like, interrupted that and just fucking killed everything. Yeah, okay, he wasn't that's honoring the circle of life. Because, like, the one thing... I don't want to get, like, cracked.com and say Scar was, like, the good guy secretly. But, like, the one thing that was, like, oh, Scar just wants hyenas and lions to live together, like, equally... That seems kind of like a good thing. Obviously, he's the bad guy because he wanted right. to kill Simba and Mufasa for power. But like right. the political move he makes of like, yeah, hyenas are going to be just like us. They're going to be equals. Seems positive. Yeah, there's a lot of readings of this movie. I was reading on Wikipedia. Like there are a lot of readings of this that see like the hyenas as like immigrants and this movie being like anti-immigrant because like <laughs> letting the blacks mm-hmm. and hispanics Whoopi goldberg and cheech marin like letting them in and they're gonna ruin everything see i was trying to move us way fast in this podcast so this <laughs> wouldn't be brought up because it, it there truly is a read of that mm-hmm. where like it, you know the dominant yep. race should be the one everyone in charge, has thing. their place and the hyena's place is over there Yes. And the lion's place is ruling everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. It if you watch it with that read, it is truly not great. Um and it is But kind I don't of a think that was by any means their intention. No, no I don't think it's, so either. It's it's an animated movie. They use shorthand. It's very much that. Like the movie still ends with lots of different animals living together in peace because like Timon and Pumbaa, right. the, the bird. The idea the, that Zazu is like really good friends with Mufasa in the beginning of this movie is like Yeah. Um, of, anyway, it, fuck hyenas. <laughs> but yeah, hyenas are jerks. So, so, so Scar... Make Pride like, Rock great again. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> please. Um, so so Scar, when Simba has him pinned, is like... He, he just rats the hyenas. He's basically like, the hyenas cause all this, and so the hyenas are pissed. And then Simba kind of pulls a Batman, and Batman begins and is like, Hey, I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm not gonna save you either. And like tosses him off the thing. And then I would the argue that kill him. that Batman uh, plays a Simba in Batman Begins. True, true. <laughs> um, and then the so he saves his home. Rain comes. Uh, the rains fall down on Africa, and <laughs> everything is green again. Pride such Rock a, is back. Such a good song. It is a good song. Um, 
Pride Rock is back to normal. And then the movie ends like it begins with the circle of life. Mm -hmm. It is a circle. And this time Simba has had a daughter. And they do the same thing where they they present her to the world. It's like the Nick Fury stinger for Simba's pride, the sequel. Yeah, we're not going to talk. We're we're judging this movie on its own, not based on two or one and a half. Simba's pride is a better movie. What? No, it's not. Okay, no, that's not even true. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. I wanted um, to have a hot take, but there's no <laughs> argument I could possibly make to back that up. Okay, which it's, do you... Uh, I haven't seen Simba's Pride. Is that okay. what it's called? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But which is better, that or the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of this trilogy? Which is? Uh, Lion King one and a half. It's I've truly seen, Lion King two. I've not two. seen one and a half. Lion King I've seen two. one and a half, and I enjoyed it well enough. Lion King 2 is better because it's about his daughter and then one of Scar's... Like, Scar Mm -hmm. apparently had his own tribe of lions. So it kind of fixes some of those, like, lions This sounds really cursed childy. It's more Romeo... It's literally Romeo and Juliet. Oh, (laughs) they they fall in love. Is that what happens? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I thought you were saying that, like, the the son of the good guy has to fight the son of the bad guy. No, it's like their friendship... It's like two cubs and their friendship is like... um, their cousins? Simba is not about it. Simba no, because Kovu isn't Scar's kid. He just like is part of a pack that Scar had on the side. I don't really know. I, it's been weird. a while since I've seen it, but it, it's. Uh, I think Kovu is his name. I don't remember Simba's. It doesn't sound name. wrong, but um, it's been years. But anyway, this is a good flick, huh? Pretty good flick. Good it's movie. very good. Yeah. Um. Do you think it holds up? as well for adults as it does for kids oh, because absolutely. That, that's kind of the thing with animation is people are like oh it's a kids movie but i don't know i think lion king holds up as just like disney, a good movie disney largely does that balance pretty well like they make movies that are just fun like i mean I just saw coco and it was like amazing for me as a 23 year old to just go see without a kid um i mean when you go to see a movie as a kid, you're watching for the funny jokes yes. and the bops, right? Yeah. And this yep. song has some bops and it's got yep. some jokes. It's got some going, pretty good jokes. It's got some pretty good bops too. Yep. Um, like all hey, of them, for example. Yeah. Hey, yeah. this is one of the most consistent Disney movies song wise, right? Yeah. There's not hey, like one song where it's like, yeah, I can go to the bathroom during this. Right. This, this one kind of sucks. Uh, I actually like, don't love Be Prepared or whatever. I was going to say called. Be Prepared is the bottom of the list, but it's great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, You know how there are five songs nominated for the Oscar for Best Song? Yeah. <laughs> there were three from The Lion King. <laughs> Which, I don't are know, makes serious? sense. I'm dead serious. Which three? Um, Well... It's Circle um, of Life. Circle um, of Life, Just Can't Wait to Be King. And, and no, no, not, not that. Night. It was Hakuna Matata and... Uh, Can you feel the love? Feel the love, yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I think it. I think it truly like holds up ex- incredibly well. Like it's a well-made movie. Um, it's beautiful. Like visually, the animation holds up. Like especially during the musical numbers. Like be prepared. I, the Nazi imagery is just like really like mm-hmm. the choreography is like beautiful and interesting and it's weird that nazi imagery is used for the ones that want to bring the immigrants in 
It is confusing. That anyway, is they're just the bad guy. Let's <laughs> let's move past all that. Um, Wait, but what's going on there? <laughs> no, let's not worry about it. So, uh, but, but Cody, th- no, 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 it's fine. That's that's one of the things I wanted to talk about was the animation in this movie compared to animation today with the computer generated stuff. You know, I don't want to sound like the cranky old dude, but something about this just blows me away more mm-hmm. than computer generated stuff. Like I don't know. anything it, they accomplish here feels more like personal. Like someone sat down with like a tool and like hand drew. Mm-hmm. And I'm not characters. dissing. I'm not dissing a modern animation. I think it no. can be hyper well done. I think it's gorgeous. That sort of thing. But something about the w- animation in mm-hmm. this movie. The other thing I find interesting. Okay, this was more my point. Is like. So when you look at Frozen and you look at Rapunzel, right? Both of well, the tangled, main but yeah. that's what I meant, yeah. Both like all the characters in those movies look roughly the same, right? Yeah, they have the same like yep. face shape kind of. That's what's so interesting about Lion King to me is because the art style within Lion King is so much different than the art style within Aladdin or the art style within Tarzan, which is another, like, has a lot of animals, you know? Yeah. So th- that that's what I think is so interesting is, like, it looks vastly different than... And I, I think we lose that a lot with the current, like, slot of Disney animated stuff. Yeah. I agree. Like it, it is. There's something about the modern. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. Like the the characters in in Frozen and Tangled, they they look like they're in the same movie, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, Lion King doesn't necessarily look like the Little Mermaid. Or w- would you say the same about like Zootopia? Is Disney doesn't necessarily have the same look? Uh, it does. Coco... It does kind of though, like, but there's no humans in it, so it makes it a bit harder to nail down. But okay, like, but think Coco and Inside Out. The, the humans look the exact same in those movies. I don't know if I agree. Okay, I, I mean that that's fine. Chad, have you seen Coco yet? Yeah, I was just talking about how much I loved Coco. <laughs> right, right. I don't Five listen to this ago. podcast. You know this. Um I think that there was some animation in Coco, especially like the the hand of the grandmother at the end of Coco, like mm. is like some of the best like mm. person looking animation. Like they really figured out how to make an old person yeah. in like and like that distinct texture than, like, texture up. of skin. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot better than like up or right, inside but that's out. Be- that's because technology is continuing to advance. Like I think that's more of what it is. And I'm and I'm saying this my like generalization about the animation looking similar is contained within Disney, you know, like mm-hmm. because the art style for DreamWorks stuff has its own kind of feel. And that's yeah. or, all the same. It's one eyebrow is higher than the other eyebrow. Yes. Therefore the character has a personality, but also they only like have one eye and they're wearing a goggle. Right. Mm-hmm. But we, we just saw the trailer to the new animated Spider-Man movie. It's got a completely different art style. So there are yeah. different art styles within animation, but I mm-hmm. feel like Disney has kind of hit upon like kind of looking similar. Disney animation, not necessarily Disney Pixar. Yeah, I think that's probably okay. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Cody, you need to see the breadwinner because the breadwinner is hand animated still. And there's also... There's also like during the the breadwinner they are telling a story 
mm-hmm. the story for that is animated in a different way than the rest of the movie. And it is gotcha. like gorgeous. Gotcha. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, everybody loves Hakuna Matata. It's a great yes. phrase, right? People get it tattooed to them. I've thought about getting it tattooed to me. I won't though, because I stop and think about it and I'm like, I think this movie is trying to tell us Hakuna Matata is not how you're supposed to live it's life. Not that not wonderful yeah. of a phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean like, Hakuna Matata is him running away from his problems. Right. I so hope that you, people realize the same thing about Let It Go that you're now realizing about Hakuna Matata is yeah. that mm-hmm. this is the song that's a flawed worldview. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a bop. But it's a but bop, it's bop, so therefore we're going to base our lives around it. Uh, so I was I was making sure you guys were on the same page with me because oh, Hakuna 100%. Matata is so fun, and you're like on on paper, you're like, yeah, no worries. But like, what it ends up saying is like mm-hmm. he was saying Hakuna Matata, and he has to kind of like give that up to go save his yeah. Uh, save I mean the, the the scene you mentioned before where Rafiki hits Simba over the head, um, mm-hmm. pretty much like p- puts to bed any ideas that Hakuna Matata is a good like life theory whatever you call it worldview <laughs> yeah. We, yeah we need to figure out what the phrase in swahili for some worries is <laughs> some, <laughs> right 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 some <laughs> um all right do you guys have anything else i wanted movie? to talk so cody knows my the oh, way yeah. that cody can uh, annoy me in in this world that we live in there's two ways well, there's one many ways the the one way that's guaranteed uh, and we won't talk about this today. You can say that One Direction is the new Beatles. Okay, well, um, they are, but that's a which whole other thing. They, they are, and that just makes me mad for a number of reasons. But, right. Yeah, what but I, I will get I will get over that. Well, well, we should explain it before people try and destroy me on my Twitter messages. What I mean by that is Beatles started off as a boy band, then they all broke up and made interesting stuff. Listen to Harry Styles' new album. You'll see well, where the, I'm coming from. I'm never. The, I'm not saying they're ever going to be as good as the Beatles. That's not what I mean. I just mean the concept of them being the, the difference biggest boy is band that one world. One Direction never had the turn in their career that uh, the Beatles did with Revolver. They never actually started making interesting music. Except not that, not that One Direction Styles. isn't interesting. Harry Styles did separate. Anyway, look, this yes, is for a different and his podcast. album is very good. Anyway, yes. The other way you can... Chad, do you have something to say? Uh, just that body, yeah, matitizo is some worries. In Great. Swahili. Thanks, Chad. Feels a little bit racist when Chad says it. Yeah. It sounds... A little bit. A little bit. Um, the other way you could annoy me though is telling me that this movie is Hamlet, um, <laughs> which to some extent this movie is Hamlet, except Hamlet picks up at the point where um, Simba realizes that Scar killed his dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like literally the first season, the first scene of Hamlet is the, his dad's ghost showing up and being like, "Hey, your uncle killed me." Yeah, no, that's the thing. It, it's loose connections, but even the creators have said, like, yeah, we pulled some stuff. Yeah, from Hamlet, I mean, it's inspired but... by Hamlet, but I, it, like, Hamlet is more concerned about like the apathy that comes with grief and like wondering whether or not vengeance is worth it. Which and this is, but th- this movie isn't about vengeance. This movie it's about is the about apathy, though. Is about it's about apathy to some extent, but it's about like facing your problems. Whereas, yeah. um. Uh, like Hamlet. yeah, <laughs> Hamlet is 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 more about like depression and mm-hmm. like 
going crazy out of grief and also he's not exactly sure whether he not the ghost he saw was actually his dad so he has to like do some shit to figure out if his uncle actually killed his dad also his uncle marries his mom which is weird it's a lot of weird shit that happens in Hamlet. yeah that doesn't quite happen in Lion King but but there's there's lots of parallels like Timon and Pumbaa are pretty Rosencrantz and Guildenstern I mean to an extent except in Hamlet Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are ordered by the king to take Mm -hmm. him like That's so true. that would be like if Timon and Pumbaa were like Scar's people who convince him and then Rosencrantz and Guildenstern get killed which is how Hamlet gets back right but also then you have like Polonius as Zazu like it it's loose it's very loose which is what it's, I always tell you it's but incredibly you, loose also Mark gets so mad also Nala doesn't kill herself <laughs> True. Um, but they make an overt reference to it. One of the hyenas picks up a skull and like talks to it for a second. Like they yeah. do stuff like that where they're like playing with it. Um, but this movie also references Romeo and Juliet. Uh, mm. At one point, at one point, uh, Timon says, "What's in a name?" Okay, true. Um, <laughs> but then um, Romeo and Juliet is more Lion King too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do that mostly to mess with Mark, but it truly does play on Hamlet a decent amount. But to some extent, but it's like not beat for beat. The writer of this also said that he kind of based it off of some things in the Bible, which I couldn't really figure out what he was talking about, yep, and also some no things idea. from his own personal life. Um, um, and the reference to the monologue, referencing back to the monologue we did at the beginning of this episode, people claim that this stole from a, I th- yeah, believe it was Kimba, a Japanese animated Japanese, show. It was yeah. Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, which is like, I don't, I read about it. It seems like they're close, but it's not like. The characters are what seem the, the most similar. I don't think there was ever like a storyline that followed exactly what happened in The Lion King, but like there was a Scar character. There was a Simba character named Kimba, who was like well, the son of the king. But they get the name Simba from, that's literally the word for lion in Swahili. Yeah, sure, um, but it it sounds a lot like Kimba. What's I funny don't know. though is that Matthew Broderick, when he first signed on to this movie, mm-hmm. thought it was an adaptation of Kimba the White Lion, <laughs> and he Yikes. was like, "Yeah, I heard it was lions, and I was playing a guy named Simba. I just put two and two together." But wow. all of the production people were like, "Oh, I've never fucking heard of that movie." Yeah, that's the thing. Every uh, they're both playing on archetypal like archetypes of characters mm-hmm. like i don't know i don't think it's that much of a stealing um here's so this got adapted for broadway right so this is the added plot line in the broadway um production which i saw in new york and i'm going to see in birmingham again and it's spring. so good it's, it's so, so good i saw it in good. boston like this was the biggest movie animated movie of its time and it's also one of the biggest broadway shows of all time like mm-hmm. come on you're batting a thousand um but Cody, the, you we we both have recently started watching Sports Night. Have you seen the episode of Sports Night where this musical is referenced? No. One of the characters in Sports Night watches this musical and is like, her life has changed. <laughs> My life was changed <laughs> when I was born. <laughs> I was born and it was immediately changed because I watched Lion King. Um, but the added plot line is basically Scar is trying to get with Nala. Um, and that's part of why she runs away, which I yeah. think they will definitely include in the new movie. Because if they the got Broadway Beyonce to play Nala, they're going to give her more of a storyline. Yeah, the Broadway adaptation so. realizes that the female characters in this movie kind of do nothing. Yeah, um, which is true. Oh, except Nala finds Simba. And yeah, but she doesn't. Get back. She doesn't motivate him to get back. 
She um, sort of does. Rafiki, Rafiki motivates does. him to get back. She tells him to go back, and Rafiki convinces him. Yeah. Yep. So she does half the job, but Rafiki is changed to a woman in, um, in the musical. Just like it's like the creators were like, yeah, there weren't enough women characters, and we wanted to have more women characters mm-hmm. that mattered. So we changed Rafiki to a woman, Who's which I like. Rafiki in the live action. The guy who played T'Chaka in Captain America: Civil War. Cool. Um. Yeah, I think they're gonna beef up the Nala role. Probably not the Sarabi role. Role. There's just not really a ton for Sarabi to do other mm-hmm. than well, like, in yell at Scar. In when they beef up the Nala role, they also beef up the Sarabi role because after Nala is like um, pounced on by Scar, not mm-hmm. literally but figuratively, she like. Yes asks the lionesses like hey is it cool if i leave and go find help yeah so anyway i'm excited about the new movie i'm excited to go see it in broadway again uh, or not on broadway but the broadway production um again in the spring and i want to watch this movie 500 more times um is it time to vote guys i think it is i have one more piece of casting information yes um and this is a this is about scar right Okay. So the original choice for Scar was Tim Curry. That makes sense. That's kind of a obvious choice yeah. to a degree. But Tim Curry would be a lot more over the top, I think. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell was the other yeah. choice, Mark, which also yeah. makes the most amount of sense of all time. But like, let's Irons get his voice is just perfect. Let's yeah, get he's threatening so British dudes. Oh, <laughs> like, speaking of which, uh, there's an audiobook version of Lolita where Jeremy Irons reads it to you, and it's very good, and you should listen to it if you haven't. You know, there's also it. an audiobook version of The Bible where James o- James Earl Jones reads it to you. Are you serious? Yep. Thank I'm you. I'm dead serious. Gonna download that immediately. Uh, uh, same. Chad, you know who plays Nala? That's a fun piece of casting information. Beyonce. Nah, well, in Wait, the new one, yes. So I know who who um plays Nala from West Wing, but I none of you guys have watched West Wing. Where do you I guys know Nala from? We know her from replacing a main character from Twin Peaks for Twin Peaks Firewalk. Oh right. Oh that's yeah. her. Okay. Cool. Yeah, she replaces her. Yep. Um speaking of being replaced, she's in she's the worst character in the first season of the West Wing and then she has <laughs> disappeared. Like like oh. her character is, is like like Sam C like Rob Lowe's like romance Mm-hmm. No, not Rob Lowe. Like one of the characters, uh, romance character. Like obviously they were setting up to be a romance, and there was zero chemistry. So over the first season, she's like kind of doing less, and then she's gone. Well, she's the better Donna in Twin Peaks. Uh, she's not Donna in West Wing, though. That's Janelle <laughs> Maloney. Awesome. Okay, I think it's time to vote. I will go first because it's pretty obvious what my pick is going to be. Last week, we determined that Clerks was the best picture of 1994. I love um, Clerks a lot. Can I cut I, you off right here? Because I just really, I'm, I don't know how I'm voting still. I know. That's why I was going to go so first because it's obvious. Here, you, I, I need both of you to like really give me hard evidence on which movie I should vote for. Like, I we want don't... you to tell me why you want Lion King over Clerk specifically. I'm okay. pretty sure Mark's going to vote Clerk over Lion King. We don't I want know him for to sure. Tell me specifically why. I so will go, go ahead, first. Cody. Lion. Uh, I like Clerks a lot. Had an emotional reaction to it. We talked about all that last week. But there there are some movies that are inherent 
to your personality that have like affected your life in a very clear way. Um, and I don't know. That's Lion King for me. Like I, I have a cat because of how obsessed I was with Lion King as a kid. Like it's, it's a story for whatever reason I always like connect to emotionally and it always is affecting to me. I, every time it's re-released in theaters, I go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, was, I saw it this year in theaters it, I mean, uh, we, we talk about how this podcast sometimes is like shooting with our heart and like this is a right. shot of the heart. Like there's not, it, this is one of the most important movies of all time, period, to me. And, and I... To that point, like this was the first time I've seen the movie since I've had a cat and that having a cat certainly enhances the movie for me. <laughs> I love the I love the pouncing scene where Simba's just like, I'm pouncing. Oh my goodness. When they're um learning how to pounce and they attack uh Zazu. Zazu. It's so, so good. And it reminds me of my cats. I love my cats, guys. <laughs> Can we talk about my cats? I, 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 we all have great cats. But also there is kind of a thought that like, oh, it's the movie I liked as a kid. It's solely nostalgia that I'm surfing on. I don't think that's the case with this movie like at all. Like I think it holds up as like a great movie. I think you can show this to someone who's never seen Lion King and they would be like, no, yeah, it's pretty good. I think you can show it to like, this is one of the first movies I'll show my kids which I, I know I also said about Jurassic Park, but like this one will be before then. Like th- this one just holds up. Like, I don't know. So I pick Lion King, I guess is my vote. No, it's Mark, give me your hottest uh, clerk's defense, unless you're voting Lion King, which makes my so, job a lot easier. So Cody's argument for Lion King is that it's personal to him. Um, yeah, probably not a great argument, truly. It's but. not a great <laughs> argument. And here's here's... My my reason for picking Clerks over this, um, Clerks is personal to me. Oh, um, which is not helping chat at all. No, um, it's not. Say more though. But I think I mean I think that um, the production value of Clerks is like I've taken shits with better production value than Clerks. <laughs> um, but like it has that charm to it, and it has like. It has that charm of someone trying their best and doing really well with with what they have, mm-hmm. and it also like it just like it 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 has characters that I relate to on like a really like special level, and it has like a script that is like deceivingly clever and cohesive. Um, and that's not to say that Lion King script isn't cohesive or clever or has relatable characters, but like it doesn't it doesn't touch me in the way that Clerks does, and it doesn't like doesn't hit home as as hard as clerks does mm-hmm. um and i think that lion king is probably the better movie um but i think clerks is my favorite movie i also i Got also it. think that like the things that um that lion king borrows from clerks is what? that <laughs> um what the fuck just happened i'm confused where you're going <laughs> go with it oh i oh sorry i got distracted because there was a weird um, oh, that's weird. There was a <laughs> notification from Discord on um, my computer. Um, okay. So uh, what does uh, Lion King borrow from Clerks? I'm really curious. Yes, please what you're answer say. the question. What I meant is what the Lion King borrows from a Hamlet oh. is isn't necessarily what I like about 
or it is what I mean. I like a lot of things about Hamlet. It's one of my favorite works of fiction. Um, but it like I don't care about the fact that his dad is dead and he's sad. I care more about the fact that he's like depressed and frozen. Um, I relate to Hamlet in the same way that I relate to Clerks in that like he has this decision to make and he just kind of puts it off for as long as he can. Uh, and he's in den- in denial about whether or not he should be doing anything. Um, and he's like racked with guilt. Um, and I guess Lion King has that same thing. It just never yeah, it does. It, 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 it just, it just doesn't, doesn't. I just don't connect to it as hard as I do Hamlet or Clerks. It just right. doesn't stay in it as long because at the end yeah, of the day, it, it is a movie mostly geared towards children, so it's going to hit on all those things. It's just not going to like wallow in them. But Hamlet like starts off in that pocket of depression, and then it ends with Hamlet dead. Um, I'm sorry, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Um, I don't, and I don't know. One more defense of Lion King is it's gorgeous. Like, I mean, you could take gorgeous. any any piece of that and put it on your wall. I don't know if there's much of clerks you could necessarily do that with. Um, Mm. I don't know. It's hard because these are both great movies to me. Truly like this is a hard one. Even for me, it's just like, I don't, you can't deny a movie that is like injected into my DNA. Um, whereas like clerks is kind of a more recent favorite, you know? Um, Right. I don't know. Um, Boys. Chad, it's it's up to you. I, this you is like this a decision. very special. This, this is a very special moment for me, and I'm enjoying it a lot. This I will be the first it. time on the podcast that I won't be uh, ganged up on. Yeah, there we was, normally outvote you. Truly, yep. There was one episode where we all agreed that the Fugitive was the was not better than Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Um, but every other episode. Every episode where there's a disagreement, it's you two ganging up on me, and now it's going to be me ganging up on one of you boys. Which one, Chad? Um, so uh, we got I two very know. different movies here. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Lion King is definitely like, and this is going to sound like a diss on Lion King, and it's absolutely not. It's definitely like the most inoffensive movie we've um like yeah, that's a about. big, that's a big <laughs> plus I, in the plus column. Yeah, well, like because I think in a, when people usually use the word like inoffensive to describe movies, it's just like yeah, it's fine. It's like for kids. It's like yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's harmless. Not, it's harmless. Yeah, it, but for Which, us, it truly means the least offensive movie. Well, there's there's that element of it too, but it's just it has like the broadest appeal of any movie we've had. Um, Maybe Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is the only one that I would say like comes. Close Jurassic to Park it. alienates small children because it's scary in a way. Who that does Lion Schindler's King List doesn't. alienate? Nazis? Well, uh, it probably won't. Jews, Mark. Probably Jews. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think. I mean, they probably don't enjoy watching it because it's real, yeah, but it's not like right. offensive to them. No, it's not. It's not. No, it, no, it's, no. But 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 it's not as accessible as more what Chad is trying to say. Right. Yeah, what, like, what I'm saying, if you're under the age of like. 16 you're probably not watching Schindler's List uh, and also if you're me and Mark you're like at hour two you're like oof and it's also black and white like it's not it's not an easy movie to watch yeah like if you're a smart smart film boy like me and you watch Schindler's List you'll realize this is better than Jurassic Park but if you're like an idiot like my other two co-hosts um sorry Uh um 
what was I saying? Oh yeah, and th- so you got this. You got this movie that's like so like broadly accessible, like Lion King, and then you got Clerks, which is like a little more niche. I think like if I were to watch that at age thirteen, I probably would have hated it. But like watching it after like being in some dead end jobs and feeling stuck in different times of my life, it's much more personal to me, and it's like. <sighs> And it's interesting because, like, Kevin Smith, like, he's doing so much with so little in Clerks, whereas, like, Lion King is doing so much with so much because you've got Disney um, funding it. I would like to point out again, if you remember my monologue, it was Mm -hmm. the B team at Disney. This was the little movie that could. It's still the B team of Disney where like Kevin yeah, Smith I mean, is like the B true. team of his shift at a convenience store. <laughs> He's like right, the right, Z right. team of his shift at the convenience store. Yeah. Right. Now, which one of these created a better movie? I'm about to throw up, truly. Lion King. Uh, Lion King's a better uh, movie. Holy God. Woo. Woo. I love That's probably fair. <laughs> the, yeah, they're, I mean, both, it's just, they're both truly great. On a production standpoint, I mean, it's, it's a much more beautiful movie. Uh, it's got the mass appeal, but it also feels personal in a way. Like anyone who's experienced loss will like cry a lot when Mufasa dies. Uh, even Chad, someone who hasn't experienced loss will cry a lot when Mufasa dies. Chet, I know that you think you've made your decision, but just mm-hmm. think about which cast has lasted longer in the social moment. <laughs> I think he did. I think Are you sure? Did. No, I just want you to think about it. Think about <laughs> the, the, the cast of did. Clerks. Uh-huh. It's got um, uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's a comic book man. <laughs> I think Jason Mewes plays Jay. Yes, he does. Um, Jeremy Irons is uh, Alfred, which isn't great. <laughs> that is true. He's in Batman vs Superman. So we got yep. two for one against. <laughs> Mark, Matthew you're, Broderick. you're absolutely right. Clerks should probably win. But I already voted Lion King, so shoot. Yeah, he already voted. It's too late, isn't it? It's too yep, late. Too late. You should have brought that up sooner. Why didn't you sorry, say that? Sorry. I'm very were... sorry. Ah. All right. So we have figured out what our new uh, best picture of 94 is. Um, well, we uh, haven't really talked about the Academy Award winning movie of the year, uh, Forrest Gump. Right. We'll talk about that. shake things up. Doubtful. Um, so we'll talk about that next week, though. Um, so before we go, um, let's uh, tell people where they can find us. Um, if you want to join in in our conversation about movies, uh, we do it all the time at the Best Pictures Facebook group. You just search Best Pictures Facebook group and you can find us. Um, you should also follow us on Twitter at WePickPicks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. You can follow me at Cody Lunsford under underscore on twitter and instagram and you can find me on letterbox by just searching my name i'll be the only one that pops up uh definitely follow us on letterbox also follow best pictures on letterbox you can see our average scores you can see some thoughts from each of us on each movie it's a good place to kind of uh get like a little teaser of what the episode's gonna be mark where can people find you you can find me on uh, Twitter at Wellington Mark. You can find me on Letterboxd at Mark0014. Um, I'm also in that Facebook group. There was a really fun discussion in there today. I mean, f- three weeks ago about <laughs> right. the Golden Globes nominations, which came out three weeks ago and not today. Yep. Um, really fun. We had a good time. We 
we probably talked about uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi in the Facebook group. Too, we definitely will by have. now. Yes. So, yes. Uh, spoiler alert: if you are getting on the Facebook group. <laughs> also, uh, it's been out for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, times uh, times weird, y'all. Hey, Chad, where can people find you? Boys, you know where you can find me. You can find me at Chad A. Oliver across all social media platforms. And I am so excited to announce that I will be revitalizing my Vine page uh, in the coming nope. months. Vine, Vine, two. Vine, Vine 2. Vine 2. Oh, guys, can I talk about how excited I am for Vine? I'm going to be Vine famous. What I'm is gonna going make on? It. Vine 2 is coming back. Vine's back. Is that so a real back. thing? Yeah, it's, the, the creator of Vine up. is funding Vine 2. He just tweeted a teaser photo that was a V2, and he said, like, coming soon. It was something vague. So uh, Weird. I'm excited, and we're going to have some six-second content. We're talking six-second movie reviews, six-second uh-huh. tutorial videos, uh-huh. uh, six-second goofers. Um, uh-huh. You name it, I'll be posting it. Chad, I hope you're committed to truly, I want you to do six minute movie reviews or six second movie reviews. Uh, I'll, do to that. I'll do, do it. I'll do it. That'll, a dumb be, bit. that'll be my bit that helps me like overcome my obstacles and become Vine famous. That'll be the thing yeah, that exactly. puts me over the top. Oh, wow. So while we work on becoming Vine famous, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, Help us become guess- podcast famous and rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks, Chad. That actually is what I needed to say. Um, so um, I, and that that's our episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, but I'm going to need to know before we leave, um, Mark, what's the best picture of 1994? Um, the consensus is that it's The Lion King. Um, Don't be salty. I mean, you're probably right, honestly. <laughs> um, I just like Clerks a lot. No, oh, I, I hate- don't blame you. It's very good. Hey Chad, what's the best movie of 1994? Yeah, Mark. 1994. Sorry, wow, that was the second second um, one. Um, The Lion King would be the best feature film of 1994. Hey Cody, what up? Um, what's what's the best movie of 1994? The best picture of 1994 is a hundred percent The Lion King. Thanks everyone for listening, and remember, you're a baboon. And I'm not. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But this podcast is not because next week you know you're going to get Forrest Gump. It's That's currently like available on Netflix and always available on iTunes to rent. And also on Amazon time. to rent. <laughs> Mark, that was, yeah. the best thing. that was the best thing you could have done. I'm very glad you did that. Thanks. Okay, we're good.